1: All right, Sean. So I wanted to spend some time on the 2023 recruiting class. There are now 23 commits in the class. And we believe, as we currently sit, there are four spots that will be open for business for Notre Dame. So potentially uh, push them to 27 commits in the class if they're able to finish out the way that we think they can in this class. And there is an opportunity, depending on defections from the roster. So that is, of course, transfers players leaving early, all that medical retirements, all that type of stuff, right? Those things all go into the scholarship numbers for next year. Depending on how how things goes, there could be an opportunity to maybe get to 28, but we know 27 is for sure the number that Notre Dame is going to go to, Sean. So let's talk about the positions that we think that Notre Dame still wants to hit. First, we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, Kenny Minchie is one for sure that Notre Dame wants in this class. 2023 yeah. quarterback out of the state of Tennessee, Pope John Paul II. He is was on campus for this past weekend against Boston College. We think everything is in a really good spot with them. We do anticipate that he may eventually be a part of this class. It's more a matter of when, not if at this point. But again, Sean, just want to reiterate this. Big opportunity for Notre Dame to land a great talent in a Kenny Minchie in the 2023 class. I know we talked about it a little bit, but you guys just wanted to reiterate the importance of getting a quarterback class in what seems to be a historic quarterback cycle the 2023 recruiting class.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: it feels bigger than what it probably would have felt like if he had committed back when the original overtures were made by Notre Dame earlier in the season. If he had flipped then, it probably would have been like, oh, man, that's nice. But getting to this point and understanding how much of a disappointment it would have been for such a really good class for Marcus Freeman in his first full season – not to have a quarterback would have been would have called a lot into question about the recruitment of the former quarterback that was in the class and going all in, and was that a mistake? And all of these questions probably would have followed this class their entire time in Notre Dame, and now being able to be in position and position themselves to whereas Kenny Minchie wants to be, I want goes back to the report that we did last week with, you know, letting everyone know that Kenny Minchie really kind of established the communication to get things going. It was his interest. And I think that goes a long way into showing or kind of collaborating with what we heard this weekend about the vibe and the feel of him feeling like he's at home, not feeling like he's being pitched. He was just enjoying being at Notre Dame. Rather than feeling like, oh man, this is a pitch, you have to show me why. I was like he he called he this is something that he's very interested in or he wants if you want to use that word and it changed the, it changes the entire dynamic of how the weekend goes. So it would have been great for it to happen months earlier, but the fact and the timing of what it solves. That probably would have been a negative in the eyes of most people, no matter how great the class would have been or how big the numbers would have been. People would have looked at that hole at the quarterback position and said, yeah, but. And now, you know, if he does join the class. It just solidifies what once again, I want to point out what this staff has been able to do. Look, Marcus Freeman was still interviewing people in March. Like the staff was not complete, we're talking about a twenty-three class that was not where com- the staff was not complete until like March, and here we are. They're sitting where they sit, and they're able to come away with their quarterback amidst all of the ups and downs of the effect of the situation with Dante Moore. So it look it is almost triple the feeling at this point. Like it is opening up the cereal box, and you have a toy inside, but you get the toy that you wanted. Right, you know what I'm saying? It's like comparison, like Yeah, embarrassing. But like you open the box, you know it's a toy inside, but it's like, oh, it's this toy. <laughs> like, like, like your happy
1: meal, man. You're like, yeah, can I come back for a different one toy. One. Yes,
3: <laughs> right. Can You take it back up front, like, man, can I get the? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah man, it's it's the fan base should be able to as we did kind of exhale like. Yep. Man so. Man, for a minute there, I didn't know how this was gonna end up going, but now
1: Sean, I was I was pretty confident for the longest time that Notre Dame was going to get a quarterback in the twenty twenty three class. I really was, but yeah. I would not. I'd be lying to everyone and I didn't say there was like a one to two day span about two weeks ago where I was like, "Uh oh, man, like, I don't know about this one. Like, this is not looking great."
4: And then all of a sudden,
1: yeah. I mean they they flipped it real quick, though, right? I was like, oh, yeah. "Okay, they're in. They're in now in in yeah. good spot with with Kenny Minchie. So yeah. they really did flip the script there.
3: Yeah,
1: and uh, again. You know, we think that this one's going to be over pretty soon here, but it's uh, it's, it's 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 relieving. I think the yeah. word is relief yeah.
3: For, yeah. for me. Yes, yes, because it was something that was going to be questioned, asked, and we were going to have to, unfortunately, write about it and discuss it. And now, hopefully, that's something we can erase. Yes. Off the board. Yes. Like, we don't have to discuss that. We don't have to write about that.
1: And you know what, Sean? I I really liked Kenny Minchie's junior film. I thought there was a lot of good stuff. But I would not be lying if I – like I watched his senior film. I'm like, oh, it's a different cat, yeah. man. It's a different LeBee, cat. Well, great. lost
3: his mind, Ryan. Yeah. He saw his senior film and he just flat out lost his mind. Like, oh, my. He, he, he's like, ranked
1: – he's pretty ranked pretty much consistently in like the top – 250, like 240s, like yeah. that type of situation. He is a top-hunter kid in my opinion, man. He's yeah. a really, really good player. And I think yeah. he's better than a couple guys that Notre Dame has been after outside of him. I'll just leave it at that. right? Like I'm not going to open up that can of worms, but he's yeah. a very, very talented quarterback. I am a fan of Kenny yeah. Minchie. I, uh, he, yes.
3: I, t- I tell people all the time, you know, anytime you make the Elite 11 – As a quarterback, usually six of the 11 end up being really good college quarterbacks. You know, and quarterbacking can go to the school you go to, the coaching. There's a lot of things that play into that. But for the most part, if you make it to that camp and that competition, you're going to be okay on the college level. I mean, historically, it's been like that. You go back and look at those 11 quarterbacks through the years. And, you know, of course, injuries play a part in anything. And just the fact that he went out there, his performance and, you know, being the accuracy leader, you know, on a couple of days. All of those things, you know, you start to hear about his performance. And he might not have the big name, but he competed. He competed and he turned a lot of heads. He turned a lot nationally. A lot of people that might not have known about him, saw his performance at the Elite 11, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh, okay.
1: Well, that's the thing, Sean, is that if people think, oh, you guys are just a bunch of – a couple biased Notre Dame guys, right? The first guy that I heard talk really seriously about Kenny Minchie, I mean, Brian had mentioned him before that, but – John Garcia, who covers recruiting from a national perspective, yeah. he was the one that came on the show and was like, "Oh, Kenny's good, man. Like he's a yeah. really, really because he saw that the Elite Eleven, like Malik yeah. did, right? Yeah. So, and he's not a Notre Dame guy. But he's impartial. He's just a recruiting guy. And yeah, I, I just again, if anybody hasn't seen Kenny Minchie's senior highlights, just go to Kenny Minchie Huddle on Google. Just and it'll be the first thing that pops up. Really, really good film as a senior man. Like he was. He was limited due to an injury to his to his shoulder that we we're told Boy. it's not like a long term serious thing. It's not, but man, he looked, and he actually came back later in the season and played in a playoff game despite having that injury during the season. He looked phenomenal this year. So if Notre Dame's able to finish that one out, which we believe that they will, big time get for them. So that'll be 24. The next step, Sean, is that Notre Dame does want a fifth offensive lineman in the class. Okay. And I gotta throw kind of throw a bone out real quick to Brandon Pleaser. He said, I bro, I was talking about Minchie long before John Garcia. All right, Brandon, we give you the credit, sir. Give it to man. <laughs> man, yes. So, yes, Brandon, we'll get we'll you get we'll give you that credit, sir. We'll give you the credit. All right. And we'll give you the credit. We will. I have no problem sharing the love on this podcast. At all. So Fifth offensive lineman, Sean. Notre Dame had Elijah Page committed in the class. He decommits a couple months ago. He's now committed to the University of Southern California to, to hang out with your daughter maybe. I don't know. I don't know what happens out there. No. Not- the Watch us
3: crush the building this weekend. Yes. Yes. Love it, Sean. Yes. Love it. Yes. So Notre Dame- oh, Keep story. Keep story. So. <laughs> yes. We're doing the post-game show Saturday. My daughter texts me. She's headed to the game. All right. So they're driving. And it's funny because she has on, you know. I don't know if you guys saw the game, but if you saw the game, you looked in the stands. I actually think the shirts are dope. They have like a F UCLA shirt in the USC colors. It's, and the script is really dope. It's a dope t shirt. And my daughter has one, right? So I'm like, do you have on your shirt? She says, yeah. I said, okay, enjoy the game. Like always, like a dad, enjoy the game, be safe, and, you know, enjoy that cute football. I said, because it's about to get ugly next week. Just letting you know. And she sends back the crying emoji. Because she knows. Like, she chose that school. But she knows the foundation of what she grew up in. She knows what's coming. She understands the physicality that's walking in the Coliseum next week. She knows. That's why she sent that emoji back. Like, Oh boy. Yeah, enjoy that cute football. That tag football you're playing with UCLA tonight. Enjoy that. That's not that's not what's happening next weekend. Yeah.
1: Well, Sean, I might uh might have to post th- this picture again. We just had USNA87 said, Sean, did you see the p- the post Ryan had oh, on fantastic. Twitter with you at the USC gear? It,
3: <laughs> it was fantastic. And I told Ryan, I was like, "Do it. Absolutely do it." <laughs> Yeah, I feel. my skin oh, is thick. I can take jokes with the best of them. You grow up in my family, dude. You have no choice <laughs> to be able to take <laughs> jokes. So I loved oh, I it. I retweeted it. I liked it.
1: Absolutely, you did. You did. Now you're a good sport with it, man. You're a good sport with it. Some people do not like that kind of ruffling of the feathers, but you you took it like a champ. You took it well, like a yeah. champ. I mean, we were both athletes, right? So, like, you yeah. know, we joke, out. We joke around, yeah. man. That's, that's, yeah, how, that's how
3: it works. That's how it works. Why but, wouldn't I take a joke? Heck, my money goes there. So,
1: Yeah, true. It's not very true. Yeah, you paid for I that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. That's I a really good a point. I wish that bill was a joke. every month. Yeah. true, true. Well, and I mean and, and I mean, so you know, kind of getting back on the rails a little bit, Sean. So Elijah Page going out to USC, decommits yeah. from the class. You're still left with four very talented offensive linemen. Charles Jaggasaw, yeah. who had a fantastic senior year, Sullivan Astro, who also had a very good senior year. Sam Pendleton had a nice senior year. Joe Wadding had a nice senior year. You have a nice four man class. There's no doubt about it. But then the questions turn to, hey, Who's the left tackle in the class? Well, now I I contend that the left tackle in the class was already in the class. It's Charles Jagasaw, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think Notre Dame is now just circling in on the last offensive lineman that they like. And I trust in Harry Hestand's evaluation of offensive linemen. I do. Yeah. So the player, and this is no new news here, right? But this player that they really want in the class is a guy that you're familiar with. Illinois product, Christopher Tarek, who yeah. is Glenbard South. Right. Yeah. One of yeah. the Glen Bards. Yeah. So he just played in the state semifinals. Unfortunately, his team lost in the state semifinals, was one game away from the state championship. But still, he had a really nice senior year. 6'6", six, six, 295, much more of an interior offensive lineman than a offensive tackle at the next level, but still a very talented physical kid. Yeah. And that's the guy that Notre Dame wants. Where is it with Christopher Tarek? This is where it is, and I just talked to Christopher pretty recently. He put everything on the back burner as far as recruiting and making those decisions, right? Committed to Wisconsin, but he wanted to finish out a senior year. Well, senior year is finished now, right? So there's going to be a decision that made, whether it is sticking with the Wisconsin commitment or decommitting. And if he does decommit, I think Notre Dame has a very good chance to land Christopher Tarek. But the question is whether he's going to stick with Wisconsin or if he's not. But, Sean, I know that you've seen a little bit of him. I've seen a bunch of him. He would be a really nice kid for Notre Dame because he's a physical, mauling offensive lineman. Gives me some, like, Alex Barr's vibes. I don't know if that's kind of what you see as well, but he's a really, really good football player. He is. I'll
3: I'll roll with that comp. That's a really good comp. He is definitely, look, he is blocks away from Cam Williams. Right? The Glenn High school district, whether it's east, west, like they have four different schools in Glen Park, but they're all connected. Cam is very aware of him. He's very aware of Cam. Great player. And I think for him, what has made it interesting is at the time that Notre Dame really jumped in the picture, uh, the Wisconsin program was in a state of flux. Yes. Right? And honestly, shout out to them and Coach Leonard being able to kind of right the ship and get them back in contention in the Big Ten West for a a possible Big Ten title game. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And I think we said, you know, how Wisconsin handles the hiring situation, whether or not they stick with Jim Leonard and the staff stays intact is going to play into his decision, but it's Notre Dame and Harry Easton, man. You know, it's Notre Dame and Harry Easton. And someone asked me, I think this plays into it as well. Mm -hmm. Someone asked me with the Menchie situation, like, yo, what is so attractive about Notre Dame? (laughs) For him to leave Pitt. And I'm like, uh, maybe a real shot at a championship. (laughs)
1: Good offensive line, nice running game.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's like, like okay, you know, people want to throw Stanford and Marshall up. Like, oh yeah, that's fine.
1: I get it, man. I get it. Like over it. the
3: next four years, like which program is really, realistically going to give you a chance to possibly be in the playoff? And it's very simple. And this is what is probably going to be weighed for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but it's very similar, right? To yep. so Kenny Minshew, like, man, do I stick to my decision, or do I kind of lean to where my heart is kind of telling me? It's almost a similar situation. And now, you know, he's been able to hold it off because he's been focused on the season. But now, oh, man, you can't, you can't, can't hold it off any longer, right? Because you have a month to, you know. Filter through all your emotions. Discuss it with the people you love, your parents. Uh, ask questions of both staffs, and ultimately make the best decision for you. You know. um uh, also, I'm, I'm. You can answer this for me. Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen, do you, do you think yep. they look at the the guys they come come in with? Yes, from an offensive line standpoint, that's yeah, like, the case. Because both schools have a good history of producing offensive line. Yes, so
1: he. I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, because you you talk about the names, Sean. I mean, we always talk about the Quentin Nelsons, Mike McGlinchees, like all those yeah. dudes. But yeah. go over at Wisconsin, you're talking about the Joe Thomases, the Ryan yeah. Ramchecks, the Travis Fredericks. Like mm-hmm. both teams yeah. do an incredible job of producing offensive line, and you are correct. Yeah,
3: so that I mean that within itself for me is really what it boils down to with his decision. Like, yeah. you know, ultimately, he's going to wake up probably late in the process, somewhere in the middle of December, and, you know, he's going to have a feel, mm-hmm. you know, for for the a for staff or for the program or for the, the rest of the offensive linemen that he's coming into the, whichever class with and have a relationship with, and then... He's going to make his pick. And it wouldn't, honestly, with him, it wouldn't shock me if he chose either program. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't shock yeah. me if he chose either program.
1: It, it wouldn't shock me either, because obviously he's developed relationships with Wisconsin. I do think yeah. that Jim Leonard being the permanent head coach is big for, for the recruiting that's, class, that's right? Like, I think yeah. it's massive. So, yeah, I mean, I can see it going either way. I think that yeah. Notre Dame likes. Christopher Terrick, I feel pretty decent about where Notre Dame is, but again, it all comes down to if he's going to stick with his commitment. Like that's just yeah. all it comes down to. So we'll see. Christopher Terrick is definitely a player that Notre Dame would like in the class. There's no doubt about it. And he's a really talented football player, obviously. So that's number two, though, Sean. That's, so they would like a quarterback in the class. They would like an off, fifth offensive lineman. That now brings us to 25. There's two spots remaining. One player that I know they would definitely like to have is Caleb Smith, who is a wide receiver out of the state of Texas. Notre Dame already has two wide receivers in the state of Texas in the 2023 class, Jaden Greathouse, of course, Braylon James being the other both extremely talented football players, top 100 players, in my opinion, in the 2023 class for different reasons. Caleb Smith is more of that explosive slot type after catch wide receiver who also has a little bit of juice to him, talented player in his own right. Notre Dame was talking with Tayshawn Lyons early on in this pros in this uh process obviously a couple months ago. That seemed to be their fifth wide receiver they really wanted to target but they have now seemed to be fully focused in on Caleb Smith. That's the guy yeah. they like in this class right or wrong, that's their guy, right? And I know we can talk about the Tayshawn Lyons or Caleb Smith film all that type of stuff, right? I really like Tayshawn Lyons as a football player. I still do. I but so. Caleb Smith is their guy. All right. That's who they want. We think that there's going to be some understanding of where that thing is going, you know, in the future here, but obviously he went to Notre Dame and visit a couple of weeks ago. And before he did, so he decommitted from Texas tech to make it a official visit to Notre Dame. Yeah. Feel pretty good about where things are, but I think there is an internal conversation that he's having with himself of, Hey, I have all relations with Texas tech. Do I just go back and stick with the, stick with the process there? Do I go to Notre Dame and make that big leap of faith? There's a conversation piece, Sean, but he he is an interesting player because I think he does bring a dynamic to the 2023 class that Notre Dame doesn't really have a wide receiver. They have a bunch of outside receivers, really talented receivers. They don't have a true slot type. They have Jaden Greenhouse who could play some slot. They have Rico Flores who could play some slot. Dylan Edwards that could play some slot. But a true slot receiver, they are kind of missing. I think Caleb Smith does fit that mold for them
3: He fits that mold, like you said, run after the catch, and special teams value. Another kid at that position that returns punts and does it well, returns kickoffs and does it well. It's just really good with the ball in his hands. And specifically talking about that, it's, it's so funny, man, because you would think you get guys in the wide receiver room and just say, okay, you play this spot, this play, you play that spot, that play it just doesn't work that way, Like You might have talented guys. There's a reason why, in my opinion, there's a reason why Ohio State has struggled a little bit. They have pockets where they explode, but the consistency is not the same. Why? Because that guy, everybody can't play that slot and they had a first round pick that consistently played that slot at a high level and when he's missing it affects everything else right so get like you said getting a guy like that don't man please don't get it twisted if there was a reason Avery Davis was slotted to start because he was the pure slot guy and that's the Roberts- very
1: important those guys are very important to quarterbacks man yes. it's like a safety blanket it's a really cliche yeah. thing but he's that type of player. I mean, look, look, think about it, right? When Matt Stafford needs a big play in the passing game, he looks to Cooper Cup, right? Yeah. Like, think yeah. about this. When Buffalo, a couple years ago, even when they had they had Stephon Diggs, who's a great football player, one of the top two or three receivers probably in the National Football League, on third downs, who were they looking to? Cole Beasley. Yeah. That was their mm-hmm. guy, right? Yeah. And so that guy does matter in an offense in general, not just Notre Dame offense. Like, those yeah. guys matter. They do. And he brings something – that Notre Dame doesn't have a lot of on the roster. Like they have a couple guys that are bigger type slots. Mm -hmm. Dylan Edwards is going to be able to do some stuff in the slot. That's going to be a lot of really exciting things, but they don't really have that true slot type that is going to play heavy dose like an Avery Davis on the roster outside of Avery. So yeah. And Avery's who knows, is he going to be on the roster next year? Is he going to get the extra year of eligibility? Like we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with the slot position moving forward. So a guy like a Caleb Smith would be in, Interesting player to bring into the fold. So that would move the class though, Sean, to 26 players if they're able to get him. All right. And apparently people are buzzing in the chat. Apparently Marcus Freeman said that Tyler Buckner could be available for the bowl game. So that's another conversation for another day. Awesome for Tyler though. Fantastic to hear. So that's 26 though, Sean. There's one spot remaining potentially for sure. And that's going to go to an athlete in the 2023 class. Mm. There's a couple good options that are out there for their game that they like both players. One is Brandon Hellman, who is a Churchland High School in the state of Virginia, bigger guy, 6'2, 200 plus pounds, plays option quarterback in high school, but also could play running back, could yeah. play maybe some wide receiver, could definitely play defensive back, safety, could definitely play rover he can do all those types of things so hillman is that more physical athlete who's going to play a more physical brand of football the other one is khalil Barnes, who is a so khalil is out of the state of georgia bogart georgia and he is six foot 180 pounds he's more defensive back wide receiver type we think if he goes to notre dame he's going to get a chance to play wide receiver but he could also play defensive back at a pretty high level. So there's one spot definitely open though, Sean. So it's going to be interesting to see if Notre Dame is stuck at 27, they can't push it to 28, and you have the option between Brandon Hillman or you have the option between a Khalil Barnes, who's more of a true you know, corner wide receiver type. Who do you go after? Who's your guy? And I think that's an interesting debate, Sean, because I don't think there's a wrong answer, but it's definitely an interesting thing to kind of foresee.
3: I, Off the bat, because of stature, I liked Hillman. But I loved Hillman because of his defensive film. I'm not trying to get into, you know, especially with Minchie on the cusp and carr already in the fold. Yeah, I know the young man's interested in possibly getting a shot at quarterback. And who knows? He could become great. Like it's it's up to him, right? He, <laughs> the young man puts in the work and proves himself, and oh well. But for me, the the value from an athletic standpoint would then go to Barnes because he can play defensive back, wide receiver. He can do a lot of different things at places that are needed more. So for me, Barnes jumped a little bit ahead of Hillman. I think Hillman can be really good in the secondary, based upon what I've seen of his film. might even be big enough to get up to Rover at some point and play a little bit of Rover. But, you know, I just love, you know, what Khalil could do offensively defensively kind of reminds me probably of xavier watts who i think at this point is safety i'm glad they stayed with him in safety because he's starting to you can see him start to get it and he's playing much flat faster and he's flashing more and you know hopefully Barnes can be that type of guy with the athleticism that he has that you know you give him a year or two wherever you put him at and then he starts to flash as he grows in the program so I would take Barnes right now over Hillman, but it would be strictly because of, you know, the needs I see on the roster, on the back end of the secondary possibly, or somewhere else in the secondary, because I think the cornerback position is probably going to be pretty solid (laughs) moving forward. But if you can get him at a nickel or the safety, you know, I, I, I would be good with that, but just because I know what he is, if I'm bringing in Hillman and he really wants a shot at quarterback, but I have Car Mency, is like now I'm wasting a year of your development, only to tell you, look, you're third behind these guys or you're fourth behind these guys and Steve jelly. Hey, but we're gonna move you over to defense. Well, hey, we could have had this young man playing in yeah. one of those rooms from the start and developing. And and that's lo, the logistics of it is why I would choose Barnes.
1: Yeah, you know it would be fun though. Hillman uh, during the uh, Navy Week, Sean playing some uh, option oh, quarterback. Week, but <laughs> that would be fantastic.
3: Uh, would it really fantastic. would.
1: It really would. I wanted to answer a uh, a chat that we had real quick. Sean CCC said RR, which is me, Ryan Roberts. A little late for the show today. What are you drinking in that big orange cup? You're in fantasy land if you think Peyton Bowen is coming to Notre Dame. Wake up, buddy. CCC Austin, Texas. Well, sir, for one, it's a red cup. So maybe your eyes aren't working very well for you today. Maybe some glasses might be in store for you. And all I just want to say is thank you so much for being in the chat. And I want to welcome you, sir, because you welcomed me to fantasy land. So, in effect, I am going to welcome you now, sir, to Mr. Time Outlands. Have a great day <laughs> and see you later. Bye, buddy. But uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I had to. I had to. I had to. I had to. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm salty, man. I, I, that, that just, it grinded my gears a little bit, man. I'm like, all right, you're out of here, buddy. You're out of here. So. Yes. 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 All right. Moving on. So, Sean, we think there'll be one of two options ready. So they end up with a Brandon Hillman or a uh, Khalil Barnes. Which one is which? I don't know what the ultimate decision is. I don't know what it's going to end up being. We'll see what happens. But again, Maybe there's a world where they can stress it to 28 and they would love to take all those kids, I believe. Yeah. So that's yeah. where we are. That's what you should look forward to the rest of 2023 class. We don't anticipate a Viper being on the board for Notre Dame right now. They, we think that transfer portal is the much more realistic option right now. So at, if unless something drastically changes, that's what we're looking at right now for the 2023 class again, 27 is the number right now, could be stressed to 28 depending on how things work out, but that's going to do it for this section of the Recruiting Podcast. So we're going to get into the mailbag here in a second. I already have 18 questions that I've started up, and I am still near the beginning of the show. So if you want to throw in some questions into the chat, we're talking recruiting, Oh, we can also talk regular football, college football, NFL, high school football, anything rough for it, any sports. You wanna throw in some Thanksgiving questions, man? Let's go for it, brother. We're ready for it. So before we get on to that though, if you could please like this podcast, hit that share, hit that notification bell, visit boards and sign up for the message board. Really appreciate you so much for joining the podcast today. This is gonna do it though for this section of the Notre Dame recruiting hour.